what's going on? Welcome to the Bottom Line Podcast, your sports and entertainment destination. Jimmy Finizzi with you. I hope you're well. You already know what to do. Hit us up on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BottomLineWMCX. Use hashtag BottomLine and follow us on social media as well. It helps us out tremendously. Also, if you are new to this podcast, first of all, thank you for checking us out. And second of all, do us a huge favor and subscribe on YouTube and on all audio platforms and hit that bell on YouTube so you don't miss an episode and include Jimmy when searching for this podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is big. This is big for the show and big for Austin and I in general because we had the chance to sit down with the legendary Grey Days. Now, if you don't know who Grey Days are, they are the band before Lincoln Park. This is the band that the late, great Chester Bennington started before he went and joined Lincoln Park. So we had the chance to sit down with two of their band members, Mace Byers, the guitarist, and Kristen Davis, the bass player. Kristen Davis is sort of the new guy to everything. Mace Byers has been there technically since the very beginning. He joined in uh, 1994, which is the year I was born, by the way. Fun fact for you. But anyway, that's neither here or there. But anyway, this was such a big deal for us. They were super cool to talk to. So we want you guys to sit back, relax, and enjoy our exclusive interview with the legendary Grey Days. Hope you enjoy it. Ladies and gentlemen, they are here, and no words can describe how excited Austin and I are to have this legendary band on our show. If you don't know who we're talking about, they were originally formed in 1993 in Phoenix, Arizona by Sean Dowdle, Jonathan Krause, Steve Mitchell, and the late, great Chester Bennington. God rest his beautiful soul. But now we got these two guys to deal with. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome May Spires and Kristen Davis of Gray Days. Guys, how are we doing? Thank you so much, first of all, for taking the time to talk to us two geezers over here. And second of all, how are you guys doing? Doing great. Hey! You're a lot younger than we are, so I don't know if you're geezers <laughs> or not. I think, uh, <laughs> I think oh, we've outgeezered you guys uh, for sure. <laughs> Already starting with the jokes. I like it. Well, listen, the, the pleasure is ours. Thank you so much again. So we're not going to waste any, Miss, any time Mr. here, gentlemen. Mr. Van Eisen. <laughs> listen, listen. Finizzi, uh, but Chris, close enough. It's okay. Mo- it most people don't get I'm that last name you. correct. I, I know it is. I'm from the East Coast. I can, I can enunciate, pronounce it. <laughs> um, Kristen, he has a comedy record, full-length stand-up record. He is Ooh. a stand-up comedian and a writer. And he, he wears many hats, including the one on his lid now, on his, his uh, noggin now. <laughs> Is that true, That's, Kristen? You want to talk to us a little bit about that? Oh, we don't want to yeah, talk about it. I dabbled oh, in it. Come I just wanted on. to tell you. I dabbled in it. That. We don't want to promote it or promote <laughs> him in any other fashion. It's a well-kept we secret. The fact that he key. is a comedian. It's a well-kept secret. Oh, my God. I'll try almost anything once. So, yeah, I dabbled in comedy for like... <laughs> 10 years but it's it's all hidden in the vault it's you can't find it anywhere it's well it's well kept i love these two guys already all right gentlemen let's not waste any more time here and dive straight into this so once again i have to reiterate anybody who knows me by now knows i love origin stories i can't help it i i have to know how things got started so with that being said Mace, I'm starting with you here. How did Grey Days first come to be? Sean is a man to really answer that in depth. 
because okay. I came in on the second record. Okay. And I can kind of take it from my point on and, and power, you know, paraphrase kind of, you know, uh, kind of Sean's uh, story, but Sean had a, a garage band. He was maybe 17, I think. And he was looking for a singer and through a guitar player or something he was working with. Uh, they brought in Chester at like 15 or so. He auditioned, got the, you know, uh, they loved him. He met with uh, Chester's dad, Lee, and, you know, made this all agreement. He's going to make sure he goes, you know, takes care of his homework and all this stuff. He can be right. a rock fan. And fast forward from that, after that, you know, that was Sean Daldell and his friends. Eventually, they, you know, changed a few members, did their thing. And in about 95, I think it was, uh, I came out from California uh, to be production manager of a venue out in AZ called the Electric Ballroom. Mm-hmm. And so I was running that club and running after hours shows, just kind of whatever I needed to do. I do monitors or, I, you know, I emceed, I, I DJ and, and I started this thing on the weekends. The owners made me do it, but uh, it was like this trash disco after hours, you know. And uh, on Fridays, I don't know if it was Fridays and Saturdays, but Friday nights, when the headliner stopped at like midnight, boom, Grey Days would go on and start the after hours club show, you know, kind of at midnight. They would do covers, mix their stuff in there. And when they were done, I'd, I'd, I'd do the trash disco till four in the morning. And so they would come every week and I became friends with them and I, and I just watched them perform and I really, you know, saw the star quality. Uh, in Chester and and the tunes I couldn't really tell kind of then you know until they gave me the record but they they got a hold of me and said hey we you know our bass player is leaving us we need a bass player and I said well you know give me the give me the cd see what you got so I can I already knew the great performance I knew Chester was you know brilliant I'm thinking I want to join this band but I want to hear the record so uh they gave me this that the wake me cd with and that had some the Sometimes has four versions. Some of our songs have a lot of versions. <laughs> right. So I heard sometimes on that first, on that Wake Me record, uh, and I was like, that's a hit. I'm in. Mm. I'm in. I called him back because I got your bass player. And like, who? I'm like, me. Like, I didn't even know you played bass. They didn't even know. So I walked in, you know, nailed the audition, and I was in. Wow. Very, very interesting. Kristen, I'm going to go to you next how did you get involved? Because you were sort of the quote-unquote new guy in the band. You joined like four or five years ago, I want to say. So how did you get involved in this? Yeah, so I've known Chester since we were 15. I went to high school with him. So I was I was there when when SD and his friends, which was Sean's and Chester's band before Grey Days, they played on our um, at lunch on the quad. You know, So I saw Chester sing for the first time when I was 15 years old. And so I've just, I've been in music too. I was in other bands. I've been really good friends with Sean. We started a business together for his tattoo company. I like did some architecting for some software that he runs in his uh, shop for um, consultation software. So I'd worked with him before and we were good friends. We used to jam just for fun. And I actually had uh, almost hired him in a band that I was in before that my drummer quit. Um, and he, he was just too busy. So it just didn't work out, but we always liked playing together. And so when, these guys went to put Grey Days back together. Um, the original guitar player, or at least the guitar player that was the last guitar player of the band before they split up, um, Bobby Benish, had gotten a, a brain tumor and, and passed away in 2001 or 2002, I think, Mace, right? And so, yeah. so 
they need a guitar player. So because I was friends with Chester, friends with Sean, um, they asked me to come do it. So I came down we started rehearsing and getting ready to, um, you know, meet up with Chester to start doing some shows. And, and it was started out as one show and then it quickly became, you know, recording and additional shows. But in, in the time that we were rehearsing and getting ready for Chester to come off tour with Lincoln Park to meet back up with us, that's when Chester passed away. So mm-hmm. I was in the band, but I, I never actually got to perform Grade A's music with Chester um, in a live setting. So that's why like recording is so special because you could have them in your in your headphones, especially on some of the acoustic stuff when it's kind of isolated and you just hear Chester is this really haunting thing and a really emotional thing to do. But that's sort of my origin story is friends with Sean and Chester. They uh, hired me in 2017 to, to, to play with these guys for some live stuff. And then it kind of just progressed from there. So that's to, caveat on that, to caveat on that, technically he is the longest as a guitar the longest player. Tenured guitar player. Ray is the longest out of any of them. Wow, that's yes. that's really just, really fascinating. We'll definitely talk about more of uh, your music in a little bit because you guys do have a brand new album out right now called The Phoenix. I definitely want to talk more about that. But mm-hmm. when you two first heard Chester sing initially, what was your first reaction to it? Because I I I don't think anybody has ever heard anybody like him. Period end of sentence because his screams are just like unlike unlike anything i've ever heard in the rock industry period so when you guys heard that for the first time what what was going through your head well for me being the production manager at the, at the venue and being older i'm a lot older than most of the guys you know especially chester was way older and i've always looked for that you know, star quality musicians I play with, I call it, you know, star quality. And as far as singers, the front man, the star quality, and just being a great singer. Because without a great singer and a great drummer, you're nothing, you know. Right. Um, guitar players and bass players, we're kind of the, you know, we're the in-between thing. But I'm not saying that we don't matter. But if you have a bad drummer and a bad singer, it doesn't matter, in my opinion, you know. Um, not but fair. I always look at singers, and I just knew he was you know, he has star quality. And I had, at that point, given up music pretty much. I was done. You know, I was about 30 years old. And I was like, you know, I got this great job. You know, I got a brand new car. I was opening up, I was opening up Club Tattoo, you know, all this stuff. And uh, I was trying to stay away from music because I never, I always make money when I don't, when I'm not in a band. (laughs) (laughs) The minute I get in a band, I got nothing. Uh, I have a great time, but money, you know, and that was most of my career. So, uh, mm. yeah, that's why I just, uh, you know, I, I gravita- gravitate towards uh, a great front man. But I was new, uh, especially working once we started doing shows, how we uh, definitely, ha- you know, kept our own with national acts on our level because of our front man. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And we yeah. had the energy. But we had to keep up with him. So we bring it up to his level. Now we're crushing bands live. <laughs> How about you, Kristen? Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I saw Chester sing for the first time when he was like 15, and they were doing like, you know, drama rama covers and Alice in Chains covers. So I got to hear that power in his voice, and and I think they did Man in the Box or something like that. And like, oh the man, power, the power in his voice was incredible. But I actually found my deepest appreciation for his voice once I joined the Greatest Guys in 2017, because I then I was sitting down and listening to the records and sort of you know listening to chester after hearing him in lincoln park for so long and going back and realizing like 
holy shit, he was this good way before he got right. You know what I mean? Like, right. He, with, without the gray days experience for Chester and, and kind of cutting his teeth, we wouldn't have gotten the Chester from Lincoln park. So it's, it's cool for me to see I'm an origin story guy too. And, and as a guy that's kind of outside of that, listening back and hearing the records they did before he did the Lincoln park stuff. And before we started getting back together, it was like, Holy shit. He's been that good since he was a kid. Mm. And, uh, I, I can't say the same thing about myself. You know what I mean? I just listened to some demo tapes of mine that I did when I was 16. I was like, yeah, I was actually pleasantly surprised with how good it was, but it still was trash compared to what Chester was doing. It's amazing how talented he was just even from the get go, you know? Hey, it's amazing how it's working out for you guys. Now it really, it really is amazing how fast time flies. Now, I know that Austin has a question for you guys about a specific song, but before I get to Mr. him, Mr. Taco, I've been yes. waiting to talk to that man. Yes, but before I get before we get to his question, I gotta ask you this because obviously we know um, Chester had left Gray Days, I believe, in '98 to go do um, Lincoln Park stuff, and then shortly after that, Gray Days, I believe, disbanded. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that. But I believe it was around that time where he decided to go do Lincoln Park stuff. But- I'm sober now, and I don't remember. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. We've, we've heard this story so many times. What happened was the band ended up breaking up around 98. You're right. It was time. 98. Yeah. Okay. They broke up, and then after that, um, Sean started a new band, and then and Chester ended up going out to L.A. and auditioning for Lincoln Park and getting the job, and then obviously the rest is history. But Now, I'm, yeah. I'm going to tell you something that not, not many people know. Sure. When chest when when the band broke up at that show at the Big Fish Pub, uh, Chester and I started talking again. He joined Hybrid Theory at the time. They called me. I auditioned. Oh. Hmm. And so I auditioned, and I don't really I like some hip hop. I don't really care for too much hip hop, you know. And we so we played, you know, did our thing. And he, I remember him telling me, brush up on your hip hop, because he knows I didn't really <laughs> listen to much, you know. Um, Gosh. And we went to Burger King after, after the thing, and they asked me, so what kind of R&B and hip hop do you like? You know, what do you like? I'm like, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, man. I'm an old guy. That man, along with that takes me back. That's really what they didn't really think they, they relate to me on the road. <laughs> so uh, I was a mess at that point, too, with drugs. So who knows oh, what I really did, but I, I know I, the music was easy. Yeah, it, it's just root nights. It wasn't a big deal to play the music. So, yeah. So I, because Phoenix was on the road, and I believe um, Brad or uh, Mike played the bass on the record, the first mm-hmm. record anyway, and then he came back and went on tour with them and the whole thing. So yeah. you know, anyway, I was that close, <sighs> missed it by that much. Oh, that much. oh, that hurts. Ouch. That hurts. Now, I'm going to leave the way history has gone. <laughs> other than, you know, the tragedy stuff. But yeah, that is true. That is true. But now that's going to lead me into my next question. Austin, I promise I'll get to you. But just one last question before I get to you. What led to the decision for Grey Days to ultimately get back together? Because I believe they got back together around 2016, 2017. So what led to that decision? I hadn't spoke with Sean or Chester for many years. So Chester and I hadn't spoke uh, over an incident. I was all fucked up on pills and stuff. And 
I, I don't know. I pissed him off at a, at a backstage event or something trying to get back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, long story short with that. So I apologized to him via an interview many years later after my sobriety. I'm coming on uh, 12 years in September, you know. But uh, Sean had reached out to me a couple months before Chester reached out to him and said, you know, Mace, I, he re- sent me an email. Or something. I can't remember why I'm mad at you. <laughs> it's been so many years uh that was like why am i even, why are we are we even arguing and chester and i never actually argued it was just kind of just kind of a weird thing happened and, and then i just never called or they did this thing and i did my thing and then i kind of had a little spat with sean or something i don't even know um hmm. and this is after all the you know we all you know so he sent that to me and i sent him i'm like hey i just want to i just want to let you know i'm sober uh, I apologize for anything I did in the past, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I did all saying, it's great to hear from you. And then he was like, wow, oh, that's great. You know, and then, he, then we talked a couple of times, laughing, making phone calls. And uh, a couple of months later, Chester reached out to him uh, saying, he, you know, uh, we should do a, uh, a club tattoo anniversary and let's put the band back together. You know, I, I just want to pl- I want to play. I want to play with you again, Sean. You know, and Sean is like, well, elephant in the room, who's going to play bass? <laughs> so actually, so if you reverse that, I guess, you know what, then that now that I'm saying it out loud. So Chester reached out to him about putting the band back. In. Then Sean reached out to me. I did the sober amends without realizing what was about to happen. You see, then and then all that happened. So. Gotcha. Okay. And that's what that's sort of around the time where Kristen got the call to join, and then the rest is history, as they say. And the now, first time I ever met Kristen, I had known okay. him from all the from all the bands he was in locally, even from the production manager stuff and the band, you know, great A's and just different things I was doing, but I never talked to him. I knew who he was, was right. at the rehearsal. And I remember <laughs> I gotcha. he was on my side, being we had two guitar players. And in, in the long run, I was happy because uh, me and the original guitar player like a little bit like oil and water. <laughs> oh man, I see how it is. We're talking like gray days nice here one. on the. We're talking to gray days on the Bottom Line Podcast. Mace Byers and Kristen Davis. Now, Austin, we can finally <laughs> get to your question because now we're going to talk about their music. So, Austin, the floor is yours, my friend. Go ahead. So there's one song that sticks out out to me on the amends. I want to know the story behind B12. Oh man! Oh, the new version or the original version? Either or. Yeah, (laughs) either or works. Either way, that's a great song. I forgot about that one. That started with my baseline, the original baseline, which actually I'm sitting in with a band called Lethal Injection on the 23rd in Tucson because it's a uh, a tribute for Chester out wow, there we're, we're okay. playing with another tribute band and i'm going to sit in and play the original uh b12 with them um so that's gonna be cool but it came from that baseline and then chester just wrote the lyrics and everybody wow. used to be hey, it kind of reminds me of billy joel but it was oh, about shit. the same time as billy joel had that kind of song so i think subliminally he kind of it's rap but it isn't and it's just it's it's definitely one of the more different tunes we have vocally and phrasing and everything it's very different see this is why i feel bass guitar gets such a bad rap i think it started from a bass line just shows you how underrated the bass guitar is 
Am I wrong in saying that? Listen, Jimmy. Listen to No Sun Today and you'll hear a lot of the newer songs that were on the uh, Wake Me uh, were started kind of on the bass because it was mainly very bass oriented. It's just how it started in the room. Just jam and then guitar and then, you know, it's just how it worked. <laughs> For that band, you know, just at that time period. Totally different now. A lot of the, the, the newer stuff that we've done, the, the, uh, the, the, Reverse engineering and doing all the new music is all most of it started with the guitar, vocals, guitar, you know, and hot wit, hot wit, hot wing. Uh, Christian, that's his nickname. He, uh, he, you know, he's really mastered a lot of these main riffs now, the, the new direction, you know. But back then, I did a lot of the writing for the guitar work too, with, you know, sort of, uh, yeah. I gotta ask since Mace brought it up. Where the hell did hot wing come from? I gotta know the story behind this, Kristen. It's, it's not interesting. That's the <laughs> part about it. It's uh, I had a job a long time ago and I had to come up with a name for my uh, instant messenger at work. And my oh, friend God. Just, my friend had just told me about his nephew naming their cats and he was trying to, I think he was trying to name his cat Hot Wheels, but he named it Hot Wig. So I'm like, I'll just use Hot Wig. So for 20 years, I've been Hot Wig for no, no real good reason. But Nobody ever has it. It's always available for all the nonsense that I do. So it's been a perfect thing to just use. And uh, it's so it's not very interesting, but that's what it is. <laughs> but when you say his that's name, pretty interesting to, to us. <laughs> he named one of his cats motorcycle and the other one was Hotwig, I think. So I was like, perfect. I'll be Hotwig. Yeah. Now, Austin, you have a cat. What's its name again? Lola. Lola. Okay, that was it. Well, eh, that's that. That's not as interesting as Hot Wing. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I got a cat. I love cats. So I'm like a cat freak. No, so do I. So do I. I, I think cats get a bad rap for no reason, but that's beside the point. We're talking to Green Days. Everything gets a bad rap, I think, Jimmy. Do you get what, a bad what? rap? <laughs> You'd be very surprised, Mace. How about Christmas time? I bet you get a lot actually. of bad raps. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I'm loving come on this. Now. We're talking I stopped to the whole momentum. I stopped the entire show with that. Oh <laughs> it's man. A gift. It's a gift. <laughs> We're talking a great days on the bottom line podcast. All right. Let's get on back on the rails here. Let's go to your brand new album called The Phoenix, which is out now. You can go check it out on all streaming platforms. And please, we encourage you to. It's fantastic. And I did react to um, a couple of their songs on that album. I did Saturation, Strange Love, and Sometimes. And Austin and I did Starting to Fly, which they also checked out. So we do appreciate you guys seeing that. Um, but I want to know uh, the uh, story behind this. I know you guys wanted to release this album to um, celebrate Chester's life. So tell me, how did this album come to be originally? and What this album means to you guys now? When we did the first record, we did amends. We picked 10 songs. We had, a you know, 20, 20 plus songs that we could possibly do. So we picked 10 that we put on the first record, 11 we put on the first record. Mm-hmm. We purposely kept a few that we knew were some of our favorites off of the amends record. We wanted to have some good ones for the second record. We weren't sure how, how well we'd be able to revamp the, the other ones, but we, we put out amends and we we're like, okay, we we're always going to do two records. But when we did the amends record, you know, it was, really sad for us right it was kind of cathartic and we were like it was hard to hear chester's voice and we were yeah you know it was it was still an open wound in a lot of ways um so after we did that record and it came out and we set about to create the the, the next record the phoenix um it just felt different it felt more of like 
we've gotten past the grief part of it and now we can celebrate our friend and and because the songs were kind of on the more heavy side and you hear a lot more of that scream it was kind of like remembering why we all fell in love with Chester in the first place which was that just iconic scream he's got and so it just felt happier and um you know I think Grey Day's music is always kind of that in a minor key sort of that dark feeling but it felt mm more celebratory and less of a you know a grieving thing so that's why we say it's a celebration of, of Chester because it's just we get to kind of forget that we're not that you ever forget that you're sad about when you're losing a friend but you yeah. go back to like you know my mom passed away five years ago too when she first passed away it was real hard for me to look at pictures of her without you know tearing up and, and that type of thing now I can look at a picture of my mom and be like oh I remember that day that was an awesome day and it's 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 a yeah. different way of looking at at things. And I think the same thing with Chester, you know, we lost him and we love him and we miss him, but now we can listen to his voice. Now we can appreciate his music and, and celebrate it instead of having it feel so heavy, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I definitely, I, I'm sorry, Mace. I don't mean to cut you off. I apologize. Yeah, I, I, I can definitely, I can relate to that wholeheartedly Christian. Cause my, my great grandmother passed away like 11 years ago, hard to believe. And I, I can definitely, uh, I can relate to what you're feeling. I, I still, I still to this day miss her, but I know, I know she's looking down on me. She's proud of me. And I'm sure that uh, your mom and, uh, and Chester are definitely proud of all of you guys as well. But anyway, Mace, I'm sorry to cut you off. What were you going to say? The past years are exceptionally rough for me. Cause I know that that December prior to Chester, I lost my father that, that February I lost my mom. Then mm -hmm. I lost Chester and I lost like a, numerous other people. It was the, just a really rough, rough time but wow. moving along from that the uh the cool thing about uh, i feel about the name of the the record the phoenix it means so much a great is from phoenix uh b it's that rebirth of mm. chester's songs and his his team you know his first band and the whole thing it's just such a perfect it's uh, just a perfect name i think i'm super happy with uh how we put this record together as far as, you know, branding it with him. So people just know, you know, it's, it's just a lot, it's a, it's a difficult story. It's a little complicated. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of things out there, a lot of music, a lot of things. And it's hard to break through that, to break through some of that for people to understand what this record is about. And the whole point really is just to make sure, you know, that he's on, you know, it's him singing. That's why I want to make sure, you know, yeah, and I love that album cover. And when you bend it, when you you know move it, uh, it it's uh, it's like that raised lettering. You know what I'm saying? So you don't. It's like just having a picture of him too on some of the versions. So I'm yeah, super happy definitely. with that. <laughs> What's your guy's favorite song off the record? Hole and be your man. Oh man, I you know what I I I Austin. I think we got ourselves another reaction video to do. <laughs> What about you, Kristen? I like Believe Me and Spin, I think. I think those are like emotional and like, well, like Spin to me is like, it's such a different version than the original because the original was like kind of upbeat and kind of faster and we slowed it down and kind of matched like what the theme of the lyrics were. And so I think that's been a really cool transformation. And then Believe Me is one of my favorites because it has sort of a um, Depeche Mode feel and like back in, back in the early 90s, all of us, including Chester, were like huge Depeche Mode fans. So it's um, that's it's kind of resonates with me because it kind of takes me back to that time and place when when all this started. You know, you know, Spin 
uh, one thing, he plays a great solo, and I think that might be really the only one you do a big solo on, Spin. Yeah. Uh, the thing about Spin, for me, at first, he, we're very different with the songs from all the albums that we, you know, all the records and I, that we like. But right. to me, Spin is the one song in the record that does get me upset. Yeah. That, uh, his, his, just the pain and his tone, and, and uh, it, it's that one's hard for me to listen to. It's like Mariah Sky. Or certain songs on amends, but uh, that, yeah, spin is a rough one for me. Yeah. You just hear, yeah. like, you know, his vocals are so, like, kind of sound painful, you know? Uh, I, I, I understand. One of our fans said uh, in a thread somewhere that I read, he's like, Chester didn't sing words, he sang emotions. And I, I totally get what you're saying, Mace, because when he does that, like, that that scream at the end of the uh, chorus, you, it, it's you gut wrenching. Your soul, you know? Yeah, it's it's pure pain coming out through his vocal. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 getting a little emotional just hearing about this. Not gonna lie to you, because that that just shows you what kind of what kind of impact that he's had on on everybody. Speaking of impact, talk a little bit about what Chester meant to the both of you as not just musicians, but as just individuals. For me, I, I probably have a shorter answer than Mace because Mace actually spent a lot more time with Chester. But I think the coolest thing about Chester to me is, and I tell people this all the time, I never met Chester from Lincoln Park because I didn't. Chester was always just my homie from high school. He never right. changed, even when he got very successful. I saw him walking in a mall in Vegas, runs up, gives me a hug. He was on his way to a show that I was going to, too. I was there for the club tattoo thing. And um, so I was there with Sean and, and Chester saw me and just walking down the hall invited me to come with him and his entourage and his wife and his kid. And I got to spend the, the day with him and I didn't even think I would run into him that day. And he just treated me like, you know, you have those friends that you cannot see him for two, three, five years. And as soon as you meet back up, it, it seems like you didn't even skip a beat. That was yeah. just for me. And, and he had become this big, huge star, but he, you would have never known it by being around him because he just acted the same. And his, his kindness was, you know, it's, it's apparent even when I watch videos of him online, just seeing how he treated other people, um, you know, even as an icon, he still treated people with just like respect and kindness. And he just had a really big heart. And that was the coolest thing to me is, is it's really easy to become somebody different when other people start treating you differently, but he never changed, at least not that I saw. Well, you know, when I first met him, being I was much older than him and he was, I don't know if he was 19, 18, when, I'm, when my middle nephew's Matt's, uh, he, he looks like him. They look for whatever reason. They look very similar. And oh, so he was so much younger than me. I, I felt like it was like my little ne my nephew. And I, I kind of had, I, I had a similar feeling like Sean did to kind of be protective of him back then, but in a different way, you know, not, I wasn't the ball, you know, Sean will drop someone. I was more or less like, don't do that. That's stupid. Don't do that drug. I did mm. that. You're <laughs> something like that, you know what I mean? So, him and I oh, have man. There's, there's a lot of stories I won't repeat, but we, you know, we party <laughs> hard, Chester and I, you know, and our relationship turned into really that this, this, uh, this uh, energy exchanging is the live show. My, my mm -hmm. thing with him, our live show together, uh, you know, I was so waiting for that, I could not wait to get back on the stage with that, you know, the energy. And, you know, unfortunately, it never happened. But, um, yeah, he was like the, like my nephew to me at first. And then be, then he became 
the professional front man eventually as he groomed and got better. Right. And I just, and then we became a, a band to be reckoned with. But at first, and I had pictures with him on the road when I was, I visit him uh, when he was in uh, LP. And mm-hmm. there's one picture in, in specific, it's like a mini version of him. I should my nephew Max is right next to him. And it's oh like a mini, it's like his little brother. It's, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> Man, oh man! I mean, that's all. That's all really, really fascinating stuff, and it really is. It really is hard to believe that it's been five years already yeah, since yeah. we lost him. I mean, I mean, his impact is still felt by many of us today. I mean, we, I, I miss him terribly. Austin, I know you miss him terribly. I know you two especially because you have worked a lot closer with him. We've never met the man personally, but from what we've heard, he's been nothing but a really, really just genuine person. And, you know, I think, you know, I think, you know, I think more his... people should follow in his, his example and just try to, you know, be kind to kinder to one another, you know, you know, Jimmy, I watched something happen from the tragedy. People took that tragedy and a tragedy and ran with it on a social level on social media, which for me was amazing. They, mm. they kind of somehow, uh, that negative way of looking at people that are seeing, you know, having therapy or on that, you know, psych meds or just antidepressants, just any, you know, mental awareness and suicide aware, all that prevention, all that really came up to the forefront into uh, the entertainment industry, which really needed to get there. Yeah. And unfortunately yeah. it took uh, Chester's tragedy to be one of the catalysts for that to happen. But since then, and now you can see, uh, in general, I mean, the world's a mess of place. We don't have to get into that. We know that. Yeah, but that, wait, at least this, this is not the podcast for that, but we digress. Right. <laughs> but that's a category to where even when he passed, somehow he had a, even though through that negative event, there's positive impact. Amen to that. Amen to that. Absolutely. Now, I've always wanted to ask this question to a band, but I've never gotten the chance. I gotta go. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, what is the best and worst part of being in a band? Best part is is the for me, everyone's different, is the creative side. The creative when I'm feeling that baseline, if it's live or tracking or writing, any of it. You only get that feeling from the musical performance or the writing. You don't get that from eating food or sex or anything else. It's unique mm. to that experience. Absolutely. I agree. For me, so, and then I, the negative side is musicians are a nightmare to deal with. The industry is a nightmare to deal with. Oh and uh, everybody's on fucking drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that is... Uh... That is pretty fair. <laughs> Kristen, what about you? What do you think? I think, you know, looking back at all the bands I've been in, all the things I've done musically, I think the thing that I miss is just almost like rehearsing, being around my friends when there's nothing else around. And it's, you know, four yeah. or five guys talking shit to each other, being mean to each other, um, <laughs> making some music. And it's, it's, it's magic when you make a noise and three or other guys make a noise and that noise comes together and makes music. I think there's nothing better than the magic of that. 100%. I think the downside, the thing that I think is negative is you don't get to control 
the perception or narrative of the people that are taking in your music. So when I see people saying shitty things that are just completely not true about our band, it pisses me off. And when I, I can see two comments that are shitty and a thousand that are great, I tend to focus on the two shitty ones. And I'm trying to be better at being like, there's a thousand people that are, are positive and good and doing the right things mm. and understanding what we're doing. Two dipshits don't get it. That's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the internet. And you got to kind of take that with. Uh, I delete that. <laughs> Delete that. Delete. And that's just the internet in general, right? Sean gets gets a little worked up. (laughs) Calm down, Sean. I delete all of them. Okay, stop scrabbling. Let it go. I I try and kill them with kindness because I think that, you know, even when people are being negative, I think it's that's that's low hanging fruit when you're trying to interpret the world. Right. So. Right. One example, I saw one kid that said something shitty to us and I went on his page to see what he was doing. And he was like a young kid. He's a really good guitar player and he was in his room and his room looked like it needed to be cleaned. So I said, Hey, clean your room and stop being so negative. Your guitar playing is amazing. Like that to me wow. is like, you know, you don't need to beat these people up because they leave a shitty comment and they move on. They're not really thinking about it. Like you do as a person who created a thing. And the, the thing that the, the only thing that bothers me is when people think we're trying to use Chester to do something for our own gain and there's that's mm. just completely inaccurate and that's right that's the one thing that pisses me off but it's the internet and it's 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 the primordial ooze right it's like all this nastiness floating out there so you just kind of have to ignore some of the the negativity yeah, we, we, we've yeah. all put so much time and emotional energy into this thing and sean gets very upset when they when they accuse him of, of negative stuff like that hotwick as well i mean uh, the band members have put in time money like we are not rich from this thing. It's nothing like that at all. You know, this is a passion project. We just want to, you know, get it out right and, and, and keep his legacy untarnished. And, and, you know, that's what we're doing. It's just, it's, it's something like it was not planned. It organically built into this wonderful, beautiful, huge event that we're just trying to curate. So mm. it stays positive. And does it, you know, does yeah. it justice? Does we justice? Wanted, <laughs> we wanted to complete the mission, right? We set out to make a record and do some things with Chester, and unfortunately, he's not with us to to carry on that mission. But we are, and so we decided, you know, when we first went in the studio to redo this this music, we did a bunch of different stuff. We tried new versions of the song. We tried just remastering the old versions, and what we found was for us what felt the best was redoing them and putting them in a new light for the, you know, the modern time. So that's, that's sort of the, where it started. And then now we have the two records, but I mean, it's, it's really very much completing Chester's mission. Mm. Yeah. I, I find that really fascinating, but uh, maybe, uh, maybe Austin can teach me a thing or two about uh, deleting said negative comments. Whenever people say something <laughs> crappy about our show. This is why this is why I have all access to our social medias. I do it when you're not looking. Right. Yeah, this, this is why I gave you permission to do that in I the think, first place. But anyway, <laughs> I think though I, I try and take a positive view on some of this stuff. I think sometimes when people say things negative negative to us, they're really in their mind defending Chester. So I think it might be coming from a place of, of positivity. They're just misguided and they don't know the whole story. And I wish people would spend more time trying to find fact and truth. But, Absolutely, but a lot, it's a, lot it's a complicated times, back backstory. Yeah, it is. and without without knowing all the stuff, which we we try and do the best job we can of, of telling our story and, and and telling what happened and and why we're here and what our our mission is. But people go to the 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 
the easiest thing to sort of be negative about. And so I try and educate them as much as I can when, uh, when yeah. they say things are just incorrect. Not liking yeah. our music is fine. That's subjective. If you don't like the music we made, that that's fair. That's your your choice. But saying we're doing something negative, that's where I draw the line, and that's where I have to try and correct. I'm I'm Austin, and I can definitely vouch for that 100. percent Hey, if you don't like what we're posting, that's fine. Feel free to click off, do whatever the heck you want. But at the end of the day, Austin and I love what we do. You guys love what you do, and at the end of the day. That's all that matters. As long as you love what you do every single day and you wake up feeling good about it, that's what's important. Now, before we let you guys go, because our time is running short here, I got to ask, how can our audience tell our audience at home how they can find out more about your music, where they can find you on social media? How can they find out more about Grey Days? Sure, I think um, one of the best places to go is, is YouTube because we did two documentaries, one for the first record, uh, amends and one for the second record that kind of tells the story and, and kind of follows us on the journey of making the record and why we're doing it and stuff. So I think looking at that is a great way. We're on Instagram, we're on our, our website, Spotify, anywhere you can listen to digital music. And I'm sure Mace has a couple things to add as well. Yeah, Twitter, everywhere. But the, the most important thing for me, uh, for I think for, for uh, people is to 100% go to YouTube and look at these documentaries. Now, there's a lot of them, but the newest one is there's four, four, seg- four segments. Right. So, and it, it reiterates again the, begin- the origin story, even, even on the newest doc. And there's only four, they're like 10 minutes each, but that will break it down and you'll, you'll understand how this happened and you know, how the record even came about, you know. When I think when I think about this band, I think of it as being Chester's gift to the world was his voice and his talent and his his way of connecting with people through emotions and through his yeah. lyrics. And when when he passed away, a lot of people might have thought that was the last they were going to hear of Chester. And now we've given him, you know, twenty plus additional songs to listen to, and 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 it's his origin story. And so it's a really cool first full circle thing with where he came from, where he ended up and where he was back um, before his untimely death, you know? So it's, Mm. that's a really special story, I think for us. Yeah. I'm I'm really happy. We're really happy that you guys are able to give his career a, a rebirth with this uh, new album, the Phoenix, which you you should definitely go check out again. It's charting. It is charting UK. It's charting all through Europe. It's charting on the rock charts here. Yeah. People love it. People are absolutely loving it. And uh, again, you guys you guys just gave us a couple more uh, reaction video ideas, so uh, you may want to stay tuned yourselves. Now, I lied because I do have one more question here. Completely off base. You guys aren't sports fans at all, are you? I am. Oh, Kristen is. All right, we can work with something here. My girl is, not me. <laughs> My girl likes hockey, Mr. Taco. So I'm a yeah. Um, yeah the, the, this this guy is the hockey collectible. I know. I see. Geek. I've been watching you guys. I, I was. What's, a huge what's your team, fan. baby? I like the ducks. She likes the ducks. Oh well, hey, they, they, just, they, just got, they, they just got Ryan so, Strom from my New York Rangers. So uh, there you go. I, I was a Jersey Devils fan for a long time, Ooh. and then I'm like Martin Brodeur is like my favorite goalie of all time, and then. So that probably dating me been about as long as I've been watching. I haven't watched uh, hockey since then, but I'm a huge basketball fan. I'm a huge Phoenix Suns fan. 
And so Ooh, I don't want to talk. Okay. I don't want to talk about basketball ever again since we shit the bed and. <laughs> um, Dang! They, they, right. saved me, they saved me thousands of dollars on playoffs <laughs> at least. So. Hey, listen, I know the pain. I'm a Raptors fan, bud. <laughs> I forgot you're a Raptors fan. <laughs> I'm sorry. Game. See, this, yeah. this is why this is why I'm not a basketball fan, because I don't want to go through the pain and suffering. Nice hat, by the way. Like if you're not watching on YouTube, that's an old school Phoenix Suns hat. But this is why I'm not a basketball fan. I don't want to deal with the pain and suffering of being God forbid a Raptors fan, a New York Knicks fan, a Nets fan with what they're going with right now. This is why I don't care about basketball. I'll watch in the playoffs, but it's like, damn, enough with the drama, man. I live I live in downtown Phoenix, so I can I go to the the games and I just I can walk home from there. So we go to a game and it was, you know, in 2016, 17, 18, when the Suns were the worst team in the entire league. I, I used mm. to go, it was super cheap. It was awesome, it was fun. I got to watch <laughs> Devin Booker play for you know, 50 bucks a ticket. Now they're like $400 a ticket. And then they <laughs> shit the bed in the worst it's possible terrible. way. In the, in the it's the, the it's absolutely terrible. No, I, I mean. Slap in the face. I mean, listen, try, try, try coming to a game in Madison Square Garden and paying like 500 bucks for yeah. like up, like upper, upper deck seat. <laughs> yeah. it, it's painful, painful. Yeah. But anyway, guys, this was such an, absolute blast thank you guys so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to come talk to us we really appreciate this and good luck on the new album and best of luck to you guys and all of your future success thank you thank so you much. Very much looking forward to the new reaction videos mr taco <laughs> yeah again again stay tuned for those reaction videos they are may spires and Kristen davis of the legendary wait, gray days wait, and we wait, and wait, i see wait, a little wait, kitty jinxie Oh, so cute! And yes, Austin, you have a point. I, I, I do have to point this out, Jimmy. I think you, uh, I think you owe me a thank you. What do I owe you a thank you for? I, I was the one that introduced you to this band, and the reason uh, you really have this that 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 right is fair. Here. That is fair. That is fair. Thank <laughs> you, on. Austin. You're that welcome. Is, that is fair. I, I I will give you that. So. Thank you, Austin, for that. And again, thank you, gentlemen, for your time. Again, they are May Spires and Kristen Davis. Oh, actually, Go check out Gray Days. I forgot thank that I'm so wearing much. my Devin Booker shirt today. <laughs> <laughs> I love that's that. Funny. So I didn't even realize that until I just saw a peak again, of his head over there. So. Again, if you're not watching on YouTube, you I'm don't know. You. Go watch on YouTube. <laughs> You'll find out for yourself. May Spires and Kristen Davis, thank you, gentlemen, again. We really appreciate it. Again, go check out Gray Days on all social media, Instagram, Twitter, and go check out their latest album, The Phoenix, on all streaming platforms. And check out Amends as well and their acoustic EP as well. Check out all their music. We can't wait. And there's the, uh, see a little Phoenix poster there. Very, very nice. The album right there. Very, very nice. Looking sharp in that camera right there. Again, if you're not watching on YouTube, you don't know. For Grey Days and for Mr. Taco, I'm Jimmy Finizzi. This is the Bottom Line Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Peace! and take care. Thank you for checking out this episode of the Bottom Line Podcast. If you like what you just heard, make sure that you subscribe for more great content.